Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome everyone to episode number 103 from Delving into Islam podcast. This is your host, Wa'il. And it is a blessing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and a privilege that I'm able to talk to you about the religion of Islam and that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is allowing me to share my knowledge with you. Thank you so much for listening or participating and sending in all your questions and suggestions. And speaking of which, if you have any questions or suggestions, please email me at delvingintoislam at gmail.com. Again, delvingintoislam at gmail.com and I will get back to you as soon as possible, inshallah. Now, uh, this podcast is for anyone, whether you are remotely curious about the religion of Islam or if you're thinking about becoming a Muslim or you know, if you just became a Muslim or if you've been a Muslim and just want to learn more about Islam, uh, this podcast is for you, inshallah. Uh, now, with that being said, let's get right into today's topic. And today's topic, we are continuing, you know, the series of the jinn. And, you know, today's episode, we will focus on um, the evil jinn. Now, of course, we said that in a previous episode, we were going to uh, talk about the weaknesses of the jinn. But then when I realized that actually the weaknesses that we will talk about are very specific to the evil jinn. So let's just talk about the evil jinn, which is the shayateen, the devils, right? So we'll talk about the devils and, 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 and you know... Uh, it, this is going to take more than one episode i think uh, inshallah today's episode we will focus uh, you know on the general idea of the shayateen the devil uh, and then later uh, you know in the, in the next episode we will talk about the strategy of satan and his followers uh, against mankind so now uh, and we, we talked about this we all know the the, the shaitan or the devil right uh, we all know that they are from the jinn the hints, you know, the, the the series that we're in, and we're talking about, and uh, they are the evil of the jinn because we know that they are, you know, good jinn and believers, and and there are be by the way, and and I want to uh, point this out that there is like you'll find jinn that are on the fence, like humans. Remember, we said when it comes to worshiping Allah, they're like humans. They have the freedom of choice, so you'll find the very righteous. You'll find the less righteous. You'll find yeah, the on the fence. But the evil jinn are the disbelievers who follow Satan. Okay, they are disbelievers who follow Satan, and and that means that they are trying to basically tempt mankind to eventually lead them to hellfire, to spend eternity in hellfire. If they can't let them spend, you know, spend eternity in hellfire, they will try their best to. Make us spend as much as possible in hellfire. That is their goal. That is their ultimate goal, right? And um, and this is this is again. Uh, it shows you that and we talk about we talked about this. The amount of hatred it started with Satan and Adam. Uh, Satan thought he was too much of a you know he's he, he was arrogant, right? He was like I was. He's high kind of. Um, uh, you know, high class or high, yeah, high, high class creature, because he thought, okay, I was created from fire, but Adam is created from mud. Why would I prostrate? Like, why would I show that this creation that was created out of mud is better than me? Because Allah asked, you know, Satan and the angels to uh, prostrate to Adam out of respect. That means Adam is better than the angels. And that that is very true, by the way. Now, that doesn't mean that every single human is better or in a higher status. It's just because we have the freedom of choice. So the righteous of us are better than, you know, the the the, the, the angels. They are more preferred. Believers are more preferred because, again, angels have no, no choice when it comes to worshiping Allah. They worship Allah with everything they got, but they have no choice. That's why Satan is not a fallen angel. He was never an angel. Does not make sense. Logically speaking, does not make any sense. But even Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that in the Quran that Satan was from the jinn. So, but if you have the freedom of choice and you choose to worship Allah very sincerely, then you are in a very high status. This is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us and the Prophet told us. And then, you know, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also kicked Satan out of paradise for refusing to prostrate, then later on Satan again tried to tempt Adam and Eve to, you know, eat from the tree and we all know the, the story and how it ended. And then Satan vowed to spend his entire life. That's why he asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Oh Allah, please make me alive until the day of judgment don't let me die because jinn like us they have a lifespan they die after you know certain years 
But Satan asked Allah to keep him immortal until the day of judgment. So, you know, he could, you know, lead every generation of the the the, the shayateen, the devils, to basically tempt us and, you know, lead us to hellfire. Now, the two main weapons that the the the, the, the devils or the shayateen or the evil jinn use against humans, number one, temptation, number two, distraction. Think about it. Every time we do something wrong, it's due to either temptation or distraction. How? Let's talk about the temptation part, because this is the common part. So, for example, uh, we, uh, the, the shaitan or the, the, the devil, when they come to tempt you, they tempt you because they know you. Now, they study you. They study you. They analyze you. But the thing is, they don't. They can't. They don't know the unseen. So jinn do not know the unseen. They they can't read your minds. So how would they know us so much by observing you? Do you understand? So jinn cannot read our minds, but they can see our actions, right? They watch us from where we cannot watch them. There is a barrier that prevents us from seeing them, but they see us. They're right here, right now, looking at us. They know what we're doing. And by observing us, because that's their job. Think about it. They have no other job but to just observe mankind, try to tempt them. Like, you know, they are very smart, by the way. Very smart. Not in a good way, but they're very smart. They're devious, right? So they sit down. They observe you. You don't see that they're observing you. So you do your thing. And they start pointing out your weaknesses. They write it down. Take notes. Literally, draw a plan. Then when they tempt you, they tempt you and it becomes very effective because they know you from watching you. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in the chapter of A'raf, verse number 27, Imagine this. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us, him, meaning Satan, and his followers, they watch you, they look at you, they can see you, but you cannot see them back. And that is part of our test. That is part of our temptation. And by the way, seeing us is also part of their temptation, of their test that they're failing, obviously. Right? So, number one, and this is very important. And, and, and we need to set you know the, the rules here. The, part of the test is Satan and his followers. They tempt us. They don't force us to do evil. They tempt us, and it's up to us to listen to them or not. Now, that means they are part of our test, and we ourselves are part of their test, because guess what? They can play with us like that, manipulate us like that, study us, try to tempt us. That's leading them to more disbelief. So we are also a test to them. By the way, again, there's no, there's nothing that said that one of the devils or two of the devils or like a, a huge amount could become good. Actually, you can preach Islam to your qareen, to your companion from the jinn, the evil companion from the jinn. How would you do that? We mentioned this before. By be being a, you cannot talk to them, you cannot see them, right? By being a good Muslim, practicing good Islam, fighting the temptations they are trying to, you know, give you. When you do that, some of them might think, oh, what am I doing here? Literally, this is not a joke. Shaitan could become Muslim, by the way. The biggest proof is from the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ. The Prophet ﷺ was asked, what about your qareen, O Prophet Allah? Like, does everyone has a qareen? Does everyone, every single human being, uh, you know, has a, a, a companion from the jinn? The Prophet ﷺ said, yes. Including you, O Prophet of Allah, the Prophet ﷺ said, yes, including myself, but... Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, look at this. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made me capable of preaching Islam to my companion from the evil jinn, and that companion became a Muslim and a believer. It's not impossible. Now, don't sit there trying to like now create a formula or trying to just do your best for your own sake. Don't worry about the evil jinn now. For your own sake, and maybe if Allah wills, maybe the evil jinn, you could preach Islam to them. Remember the dwellers that, you know, they live in your house, they could not be Muslim, right? They could be bad jinn or evil or whatever. They don't have to be disbelievers, they just could be bad. Or disbelievers, we don't know what type of jinn that, you know, live in our house. 
but you by you and your family being good muslims being you know devout muslims trying your best you could lead them you could preach islam to them indirectly without you know directly communicating with them so that's the idea that again we are a test to them and they are a test to us and we could influence one another they could lead us to disbelieve but it will be our choice not theirs they just try to whisper try to tempt and we do it because we have weak faith or or they you know they could fighting them fighting their temptations could lead us to become better believers same thing for them us fighting temptations could lead them to rethink you know their disbelief and and being good muslims and trying to you know be the best we could or us following what there could could make them increase in their disbelief because hey it's an easy prey which is us humans right so that's you know that that is the the grand rule we are uh, a test to 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 the to the evil jinn and they are uh, a test uh for us as well now like we said they study us they analyze us they're very 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 organized they take notes they draw a plan and then they say okay now we know and 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 a shaitan won't come to you and tempt you in something that you're not interested in that does not make any sense think about it this way if you, if your weakness is for example uh money you love money right then shaitan will come to you and will try to tempt you from that direction from that you know in that field when it comes to money now it becomes harder because it's your weakness so fighting the temptations could be you know very hard but that's the test that's they that's why they're smart that's why they're try, they they analyze us first you know your 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 weakness could become looks you, you think you are you know you look good and unfortunately i see a lot of today's you know youth they 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 go on social media and you know it's it's all about like posing in very you know i want to say inappropriate ways our sisters and brothers you know showing off their aura and 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 and, and why because they they want people to praise that and that becomes very challenging again there's nothing again and my point is don't there's a line like you know you as a muslim you should look decent you should look good you should look presentable i'm not asking because some people misinterpret what i say like you know I, i alhamdulillah like for me i always try to look presentable i try to look neat and every muslim should do like that i'm not asking people to look bad or you know not you know clean up themselves i had a whole episode about you know cleanliness and how to look presentable but when you try to tempt people when you try to do inappropriate things look inappropriate and again i don't want to elaborate but there's a lot of videos out there that basically show that you know muslims could you know try to be very inappropriate to for god knows what are the reasons they just want to become more popular and again this is when the shaitan knows okay that's what they like let me increase that let me give them ideas let me tempt them to post stuff and do all these things again someone might their weakness is 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 like some guys their weaknesses are ladies some ladies their weaknesses are guys again this is when shaitan comes and tempts you and that's how it works Shaitan will never come and tempt you in something that you're not interested in. No. Because it will be a waste of time. It will be easy for you to fight that temptation. But Shaitan will be like, "No. Let me see what they are into. Think of it as today's world when it comes to advertisement, right? So when you go for example on any website like Amazon, eBay, whatever these these, you know, shopping websites, and then you look for a specific product, you when you go on social media by the way and this is due to machine learning language and this is why a lot of privacy issues are going on right now but then you go on for example on Facebook and then you find out that whatever the product similar products that the products that you were looking at are now in in, in a form of advertisements ads that pop up in you know in, in your like uh, news feed on Facebook or on you know Instagram or on whatever the the social media to make you keep thinking about that's actually temptation by certain companies for you to buy these products it's a smart way and it, it literally is a smart way for them to promote their products they know you're into it and they promote it do you understand like, like some people like get weirded out i have my like my wife recently was telling me like she's like i was looking up carpets online and then i go on facebook and then all the ads on Facebook that I'm getting are just for carpets. How did they know? 
Well, it's machine learning. They talk to each other. You know, when you looked up a product, a specific product, the machine basically what what it did it it, it stored the criteria that you're looking at. Then it pushes it to the ad, uh, whatever ad engine by, for example, Facebook or Instagram. And then what happens is they keep pushing to you all these ads related to what you were looking for because they know that you're interested in that. Same thing goes with the shayateen. They know what you're interested in. They keep watching, watching, watching. And then once you show interest in certain haram things or certain then, or not even, sometimes halal turns into haram. Like I said, you you love paying charity. Think about it this way. You love paying charity. And then the shayateen know that. So what happens is they keep telling you, okay, now you have to tell people that you pay charity so you can spread good. And you know, and they keep tempting you. So it becomes, you feel, you become very full of yourself. Like, oh, oh yeah, I do good deeds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they will come to you from avenues that you wouldn't imagine, but it's related to stuff that you are interested in. They will turn that charity, that good deed into something that's basically showing off. They want you to show off. Oh, no. Yeah, you know what? I, yeah, I do pay charity. Like, you know, oh, tell people that you do pay charity because, you know, people need to know that you... Again, they play the they play the game right based on your own interests. Whether they're good interests or, you know, and if they're good, they turn it into bad. And if it's already bad, then they basically expand on that. So that's basically their simple plan when it comes to temptations. The second, like I said, the second weapon that they use is distraction. Now, distraction is a very powerful weapon just because we don't feel it. Like, for example, shaitan's number one distraction, number one distraction method is to make us forget about death. Whenever you are in a gathering and you're about to talk about death, people get turned off very quickly. They actually want you to change the topic. Think about it. Seriously. Go and start talking about death. Oh, we're all going to die. You know, what are we going to do about it? You know, like we're going to get buried and it's just going to be dark. And, you know, so we need to do something about it so we don't have... And peop, you. I, I bet you will find people saying, can you change the topic, man? I feel uncomfortable talking about that. I have a lot of friends who, who feel that way whenever I start talking about death. And that is Shaitan's number one distraction. This, to distract you from death, from the topic of death, for bringing up the... That's why the Prophet ﷺ told us in an authentic hadith, bring up the topic of death. Bring up the topic that basically ruins people's, you know, nice fun time. Bring up that topic. Why? To remind us of the hereafter. To remind us that we have limited time here on earth. Because if you keep reminding yourself of death you'll do better because you know you're not going to live forever right so whatever you're doing wrong you're going to try to fix it because you know i might die any second right and also if you have problems with your you know with a family member right knowing that you're going to die eventually will make you go you know what i'll I'll, i need to fix the issues because it's not worth it we're all going to die anyway and i need to you know meet allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with you know good record I don't want to, you know, break kinship or anything like that. So bringing up death makes us feel like we have to do better. So if shaitan distracts you from doing that, guess what? You won't remember that you need to do good deeds. So you're still going to be ignorant about doing good deeds. You're still going to probably, if you're committing sins, you're going to keep committing them. But once you remember death, you might stop. I'm not saying it's for sure. Some people don't care. But, you know, majority of people, when you bring up death, they feel guilty they feel like they need to do better but shaitan's main you know uh, main game here is to distract you from death from thinking or remembering death another way of distraction is for example while we're praying when you pray actually let's let's talk about the praying aspect and and you know distraction when it comes to to you know shaitan actually shaitan tries to distract you before you even pray so you would miss your prayer Right? Many of us keep saying, okay, I'm just going to finish this. And then right after I'm going to, you know, pray. And then, you know, an hour goes by. Uh, yeah, 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 really quick. Come on. I still have time to pray. And then a second hour goes by. And, and so far until you miss your prayer. And it's a major sin. Now, there are two exceptions. 
that if you're completely oblivious, you didn't keep on postponing, you just completely were oblivious, Allah does not hold you accountable, but you have to make it ASAP. Or if you're asleep, and again, you didn't choose to sleep so you can miss the prayer, you just wanted to wake up and you adjusted your alarm to wake up before the prayer time, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also does not hold you accountable if you just sleep and the, the you know oversleep and then you miss the prayer. You can't say that you cannot pray because of any physical thing because Allah again gave you unless you're uh, you know unconscious or whatever. Again, these are like I'm trying to tell you that there is a lot of leeway when it comes to praying. But let's say that for any reason you can't even pray with your eyes, Allah also you know will, won't hold you accountable. Allah knows your intention and how hard you tried and all these things. But again, back to the point, Shaitan tries to distract you from praying. Let's say that you are not distracted. You you pass the first you know layer or the first stage. Now Satan tries to distract you while praying. Think you know like if you, if you're praying and you might have the best ideas. If you have a problem, you'll get the best solutions while you're praying. Why Satan is he he tries to keep your mind busy by thinking about other stuff than Allah Subhanahu wa Taala while you're praying. Let's say that you are not distracted during the prayers. After, right after we're supposed to actually after we pray uh, we're supposed to sit down and keep remembering Allah say subhanallah you know alhamdulillah and allahu akbar 33 times again this is not mandatory it's it's all sunnah it's 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 uh, you know bonus stuff but actually if we sit down after we pray we don't stand up like you say assalamu alaikum warahmatullah assalamu alaikum warahmatullah and you keep sitting down and you keep remembering Allah and, and saying, you know, making dua and all these things. An angel actually comes in front of you and keeps making dua until you stand up and leave. Now, how many of us, as soon as we say, Salaamu Alaikum Warahmatullah, and we just run, we go about our day. That is also shaitan. He does not want you to get these rewards. He does not want an angel to make dua for you. So if you are able to pass the first two layers, which is, you were not distracted from praying and you were not distracting during praying. Shaitan will try to distract you right after prayers. Oh, let's go and, and, and you know, do this, this job or let's go do this thing. Again, shaitan does not want... Again, the shaitan's main goal is to either get you thrown into hellfire or to get you to, get you, to um, you know, get less rewards as much as possible. Make sense, get less rewards. So again, distraction is a very powerful tool that shaitan uses against us so we have to be you know uh, aware of that as well now at the end of the day the real weapon that we can use to battle shaitan to battle the evil jinn is knowledge knowledge because allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us that knowledge he gave us that guidance that was allah's promise to adam and eve when you know they went down on earth and uh, satan was with them allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said what uh, allah saying i will send you guidance and you if you follow that guidance you shall be protected meaning you shall go to uh, paradise safely but if you follow satan Right. If you basically uh, don't care about my guidance, if you don't take it seriously, and if you keep following your temptations, if you keep following your, you know, whatever Satan presents you, because at the end of the day, Satan will come on the day of judgment. We mentioned this, and will say, "What I did not force them to do whatever they did. I just whispered to them. I gave them the idea. I tempted them, but they did it. I didn't do it." I didn't force them. You know, Allah, I have no power over them physically. I cannot force them. And that is true. So you cannot blame your wrongdoings on Satan and his followers. You cannot blame it, blame it on Shaitan. You can't say, well, Allah, you know, I had this, this devil whispering to me. And no, because you have a brain. Allah gave you knowledge. You rejected that knowledge. You didn't want to know too much about your religion and how to fight temptations. You didn't care. But now is the time. Our biggest weapon against them is knowledge. Look at what you could do. Always remember Allah. We talked about this, I think, uh, in the previous episode. Remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Keep remembering Him. You know, that's our only protection. And keep doing the right thing. Try. No one is expecting us to be perfect. We all sin. At the end of the day, we all eventually, you know, listen to uh, shaitan uh, at a certain point in time. The good thing is to recover from it, learn from it, and... Ask Allah for forgiveness and correct that wrongdoing if, you know, possible or stop doing it if, again, you know, if we want to go back to the right path.
So we have the knowledge to do this and we have the knowledge to battle them. And that's what actually makes the shayateen very weak. Knowledge. So they have the, the, the distraction. They have temptations. They can study us. They can analyze us. Yes, we cannot see them, but guess what? We can't deal with them without seeing them by reading, by knowing what Allah told us. Because Allah gave us enough to fight them. You know, Allah gave us through the Quran and through the Sunnah how to fight. Remember we, we said the whole story of reading the, the, the verse of, of, of uh, Al-Kursi before you fall asleep so you make the evil jinn, you know, stay away from you. This is, came from the Sunnah. Allah basically made Shaitan, because this is Allah's giving us knowledge, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us knowledge in so many, you know, various ways. The Prophet already knew that information. He was going to give it to us sooner or later, but it came into such a wonderful, amazing, very interesting fashion. They have no power over us. Shaitan has no power over mankind. You know, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Inna ibadi laysa laka alayhim sultan. In, in, in the chapter of Isra, verse number 65. Inna ibadi laysa laka alayhim sultan. Wa kafa bi rabbika wakila. Allah is saying to Satan, you have no power over my people. Meaning the believers. Not everyone, because he has power over the disbelievers, right? They listen to him all the time. There's no protection there. And Allah is saying, wa kafa bi rabbika wakila. And I will be their ally, the believers. I will take care of them if they remember me, if they practice their religion the right way. Also, you know what? There is something very interesting that we need to know, which is that shaitan will actually try harder with believers. Shaitan will try harder with, because again, think about it this way. If you're a less than average Muslim who don't pray too much and who you know, do things that you shouldn't do, Shaitan wouldn't need to try so hard with you. Just a little bit to, to make you try to disbelieve. But the believers, oh, Shaitan will try so hard with them. Because again, they are the ones with knowledge. They have very powerful, you know, tool or weapon, like we said, against them. So he's going to try his best. And there is actually a very beautiful story uh, regarding that, and it proves that. Uh, Imam Ahmad, one of the one uh, the, the founders of the four Madahib, right? He's a very righteous Imam, very known. He was a, he was on his deathbed. He was about to die, and his son was next to him. And then uh, his son, all of a sudden, heard his dad, his father, Imam Ahmad, say, "Not yet." Now, his son went to him, and he's like, "Oh, oh, my father! Like, are you like what rejecting death?" Are you saying like you're not going to die yet? You're, are you not accepting the idea of death? But then Imam Ahmad said, no, 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 no. I was not even talking to you. I'm talking to Shaitan. So his son got really interested. He's like, what happened? He said, Shaitan came to me. And we said that, that like at the moment of death, we'll see things from the other world that we couldn't see in this life. But, uh, you know, closer to the moment of death, you know, when we're about to die, Allah reveals to us the unseen world, angels, jinn, and all these things. So Shaitan came to him, and he said, Oh, Ahmad, talking to Imam Ahmad, you have escaped me, man. I wanted to get you so hard, but khalas, you're done. You're dying. So you got away. And Imam Ahmad said, Not yet. Look at Shaitan, what he's trying to do. He's trying to go to a righteous person under deathbed. And try to even tempt them for the la- to having like a last try to tempt him. One last time trying to tempt him. By telling them, you escaped me. Because he wanted Imam Ahmad to say, yes I did. To f- be filled with arrogance. See this? Shaitan never gives up by the way. Never gives up. Like I wish that we could have their, you know, their commitment. <laughs> I wish as humans, like if, if we're committed like Shaitan is, well, when it comes to tempting us, we would achieve wonders, subhanAllah. But at the end of the day, yeah, they're very committed. Like he's going to him, trying to tempt him. Moments before his death. Like, oh, you escaped me. He wanted Imam Ahmad to say, yes, I did. Yes, because I'm a good believer. But Imam Ahmad was even smarter than him then. He said, no, 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 I have not escaped you. Nope, nope. I know, I know what you're trying to do. I'm only going to escape you when I'm dead. Look at this. And and by the way, but Shaitan will come to you even moments before you die. Try to tempt you. 
try to make you disbelieve, try to make you have some major sins. And the only salvation, the only getaway is actually by dying. And Imam Ahmad knew this very well. So he said, no, not yet. I have not escaped you yet. When I die, when I'm dead, then I've escaped you. Subhanallah. And here is another proof that shaitan has no power over us. We're still talking about the first weakness, right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the chapter of Ibrahim, verse number 22, we said that we mentioned this shaitan, Satan will actually have a sermon, a speech in hellfire on the day of judgment or after the day of judgment. Everyone, you know, people go to hellfire and people go to paradise. Satan will have now uh, a speech to the people of hellfire, trying to tell them this, وَقَالَ الشَّيْطَانُ لَمَّا قُدِيَ الْأَمْرُ إِنَّ اللَّهَ وَعَدَكُمْ وَعْدًا حَقِّي وَوَعَدْتَكُمْ فَأَخْلَفْتَكُمْ Look at this. Satan will come to the people uh, who are in hellfire and he said, Allah gave you an, a truthful promise. If you follow Allah, you would have went to paradise. And I gave you a false promise because I kept tempting you, telling you, oh, you're going to be better this way. Oh, forget about it. You don't have to pray now. You don't have to wear the hijab now. Just wait, just wait, postpone. You don't have to pay charity now. And I broke my promise because I kept telling you, oh, things will be better. Oh, you're going to get better later. But I was playing you. This is literally Satan is telling the people of Hellfire this. Look, وَمَا كَانَ لِي عَلَيْكُمْ مِنْ سُلْطَانِ And I had no power over you. You guys did this yourself. You just listened to me. That's all. I just spoke and you listened. He's admitting in his speech on the day of judgment that he has no power over us. Like Allah said, you have no power over my slaves. You shall have no power over them unless they follow you. Then it's a different case. So Shaitan is saying, when you, I was tempting you, I had no power. I could not force you. But then you listened to me anyway. So, you know, and that's, it's, it's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala calls this the Hizbu shaitan, the, the group of shaitan, the, the people of shaitan, the allies of shaitan, Hizbu shaitan. And those who are not from Hizbu shaitan, those who don't less, do not listen to shaitan, are from Hizbullah. The people who follow Allah, the, the group of Allah, then we have two groups, those who will follow Satan. And again, there's no equivalent in, in the power. Allah could destroy Satan in, in, in less than a second. But Allah is allowing him to live. Just Because when I say there's a group of Allah and the group of Satan, they're not equal. Allah and Satan, don't even think for a second, because I know some movies, they make him look like, oh, Allah versus Satan. That's not even a thing. There's no such thing as Allah versus Satan. Because if, like, if Allah wills, immediately Satan is gone. History, nada, no more. But Allah is allowing Satan. So there's no, Satan is a creation. Allah is the creator. So, just trying to clarify this because uh, people have that mentality sometimes. The group of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are those who would listen to Allah's guidance, Allah's you know commands, and they will follow it. Hezbollah. And the group of Satan are those, Hezbollah shaitan, are those who follow Satan, who forget about guidance, they don't care about guidance, and they want to follow their desires and temptations too. Again, and that does not mean that we're not allowed to make mistakes. We are allowed to make mistakes, but we have to come back from it and get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So yeah, even Satan on the day of judgment will say that. I have no power over you guys. What are you thinking? You gave me that power by, you did the sins yourselves. You made my voice heard, you know, you made my voice very powerful because you guys couldn't just hold your temptations. You could not fight your temptations. You could not fight your weaknesses. It's on you. That's, you know, and he is right. You know, he is right. He's not forcing us physically to do certain things. We just want to hear it and we don't want to fight our temptations and that's why we follow shaitan. Here is a very powerful description of the situation between us and Allah and shaitan. Our self, we talked about this before, but I'm going to uh, mention it again. Our self, our nafs, our self, lead us to do bad and lead us to do good. But it wants to do bad. And if it does bad, what happens is shaitan comes and whispers to it. And that's why that's why we say that if shaitan is not there during Ramadan, you still find people sinning. Why is that? Because our nafs could lead us to do evil stuff as well. Now, you know, uh, our nafs, our self, is literally the mountain between us and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We have a mountain between us and Allah in, in terms of a relationship. And on top of that mountain is shaitan, is the devil. Standing on top of it and telling us we cannot make it. You guys can't, can't go cross that mountain to Allah. 
And when shaitan whispers to that to your nafs, shaitan tries to make that mountain even higher and bigger. So we can't reach a relationship, a healthy relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So your nafs could lead you by you know lowering the, the temptations, by lowering the evilness in, in, in our nafs. You know, by but you, you could fight your nafs and you could bring it down and you can cross you know that mountain to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Or you could just let it be, you know, not maintain it, not try to make it healthy, not trying to gain knowledge, not try to do, you know, follow shaitan's whispers and temptations. And that mountain will is gonna keep getting bigger and bigger and higher, and it will eventually block you from reaching out and getting close to Allah. And that's what shaitan will try to convince us, by the way. You can never make it. So think about this while you, and, and I think it's a very profound, and also there is something very interesting, another another description that I really love. Uh, I forgot who said it, but it was uh, one of the old scholars. He said what? Your nafs is the fortress. So you are sitting down in a fortress and surrounded by walls. So your nafs is that fortress. That's protecting you from who from shaitan shaitan let's say is your enemy outside of that fortress and tries to get to you now your nafs the fortress could be very powerful how by gaining knowledge by becoming more religious by fighting the temptations by doing all these good things and staying away from the bad things you can make that fortress indestructible indestructible but once you let go, like for example, I'll give you a very simple example. Let's say that you are very righteous, you used to pray five times a day, you used to do very you know, great things like, uh, what's the word? Uh, doing the sunnah prayers, all these things, and you started to let go little by little. And you started to you know, not pray five times a day. Now your iman, your, your faith is decreasing. Uh, every time you pay charity, you're like, ah, I don't know, I might need that money later. Forget about it. Uh, every time you you know you follow your temptations uh, whatever tempts you you follow you don't resist it that much now the walls of that fortress st- starts to break to crack and the more you keep doing the sins the, the more you uh, you know you're not fighting the temptations the more you're letting because shaitan is doing these things from the outside you know it's trying to tempt fighting uh, and imagine their temptation as the weapons you know catapults or whatever they're they're, they're firing at you and again, the more you let yourself go, you let your nafs go, the more the walls will become weaker and it will eventually be destroyed. And once your nafs falls, shaitan will be able to take over. Shaitan will be able to literally make you do whatever they want. Now, again, they cannot control you. You're the one doing it, but they whisper to you and your resistance to that whispering to that temptation is very weak. You have no fortress anymore. Now, here's another beautiful example. And I know I keep mentioning a lot of examples, but this one is also beautiful. Let's say that you're walking in a desert to meet your enemy, which is shaitan. And so you wear your armor, body armor, which is the basic Islam, right? The uh, praying five times a day, fasting, Ramadan, and all these things. Then you wear your shield. And that shield is basically our belief, the knowledge, you know, how to increase our knowledge, how to increase our belief by, you know, gaining knowledge, knowing what's right and knowing what's wrong. And then you're holding a sword. And that sword is basically the extra stuff, the bonus stuff, the sunnah prayers, the sunnah of the Prophet eating the, you know, in the way of the Prophet uh, praying the extra stuff, and remembrance and, and remembering Allah all the time, all these things, right? And then you're walking, you're walking, you're walking, and then the walk is too long. Let's say you're walking in a desert to meet your enemy to meet the shaitan so you're like this is this is too heavy and that's how we feel by the way when we're doing the sunnah stuff after a long time some people are like ah, i don't have to do it though it's not mandatory so they drop the sunnah stuff they drop the constant remembrance of allah inshallah when i pray five times a day i'm remembering allah and when they drop it that means they dropped what the sword you have you no longer have a sword okay you keep walking, walking, it's getting still heavy. The, the shield is not, which is knowledge. You don't want to keep getting knowledge. It's just I have, you know, I don't have time. You know, I have work, I have a family to take care of. Like, wallahi, I wish I had time, but I don't. Right? That's your protection right there. Guess what? 
you drop the shield. It's too heavy, man. And the longest was is very difficult. It's hot out there. So you drop your shield. You drop your knowledge. Now you only have your body armor. Right? Now, whether you drop it or not, whether you start praying, because now you have no knowledge, so you don't know when how significant it is to stop praying or to not fast a couple of days in Ramadan or to do this or to not even perform Hajj. You don't know how significant these things are because you don't have you no longer have knowledge. So you even now it's hot. So you basically take your body armor off. You pray one day, you don't pray ten. You fast one day, but you don't feel like fasting, so you stop fasting. You don't pay charity because you think that you might need the money later or your family is more worthy of your money, even though the charity, the zakah is mandatory. So you take off your body armor. The basic Islam, you take it off. Now you meet your enemy who is fully weaponized, who has a body armor, has a very strong shield, and has a sword. Conviction, guys. Shaitan has conviction. Don't forget that. It's not even going to be a fair fight. You're going to lose in, 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 in just after two seconds. You're done. And that's the reality of life. Wallahi, that is the reality of life. You let go of your guards. You let go of your protection. You let go of remembering Allah, of knowledge. Then, yeah, you will lose the fight against shaitan. Otherwise, guess what? When you are fully aware of what you're doing, have knowledge, have your basic iman very strong, have uh, the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ, remembering Allah, you have a very powerful weapon and you will easily beat shaitan. Because you're going to have the materials that you have in that battlefield will be far better and far stronger than whatever shaitan you know, is having uh, in the fight against you. It won't even be a fair fight for, for shaitan. We will, you know, as, as Muslims, as believers, we will win easily. But unfortunately, it's not that simple because we let go of a lot of our religion. And because you let go, you keep dropping stuff and then you want to go to fight and you think, yeah, how hard could it be? No, very hard. Very hard. So again, think about that. Remembering Allah, knowledge. Do not let go of this because this is very powerful. That's what makes shaitan has no power over us. Like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said. Another weakness that you know uh, the evil jinn have uh, is uh, they are actually scared of certain Muslims. Depending on your the level of your faith, shaitan could be very scared of you. And the biggest example we have is Umar ibn Khattab, anhu, may Allah be pleased with him. Umar ibn Khattab we mentioned in a previous season. Shaitan, if the Prophet told us in a hadith, if shaitan is walking or flying in a street and he sees Umar ibn Khattab coming his way. Shaitan takes a different route. Shaitan is scared to be around Umar ibn al-Khattab. Why is that? Because the level of his faith is up the roof. You know, yeah, we know he's a little harsh and whatever, but it's coming from a good place. You know, remember, he loved the Prophet ﷺ so much. He loved Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so much. You know, remember when, when the Prophet ﷺ passed away in, in, in the season finale, in the last season, what happened? Umar al-Khattab just collapsed. He could not believe it. From the ultimate love he had for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his prophet. And again, like I said, it all depends. The Prophet said, Shaitan inna shaitan ala Umar. He said to Umar, Shaitan is afraid of you, Umar. This is a hadith. You know? And also, uh, the Prophet tells us, if you are t- talking to us now, depending on the level of faith, Shaitan might be very scared of you. Depending again on the level of faith. So that's why shaitan loves hanging out with you if you don't care about Allah, if you don't think or remember Allah. Yeah, very easy pray. But if you do, shaitan will try. Will try to tempt you as much as possible. If your iman gets really high, shaitan is a little nervous now. Because you could do things to harm shaitan by just remembering Allah in a specific way. Like one of the, the, the things that you could actually do to actually harm shaitan physically is when we are, uh, after we say the tashahud, while we're sitting on, uh, you know, on our knees and we're saying the tashahud, you know, we lift our uh, our index up when we say "Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah, Ashhadu Muhammad Rasulullah." Now, there's a difference of opinion, but they're all valid. Some people keep their their index up. I'm one of those people. The entire tashahud, the whole tashahud. Some people keep, you know, uh, flickering it or like keep moving it up and down. Some people only raise it when it comes to "Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah." Like there's a lot of opinions, and they're all right. 
Don't worry. They're all correct. You're all doing following this one. But here's the interesting part. That index is like a very sharp blade in the face of shaitan. So shaitan is around you while you're praying. And you're lifting your index up and saying, or you're lifting up during the entire tashahud. It's like a very sharp blade that actually they, are, they get scared of you. Your index transforms in their world into a very sharp blade that they can see it as a sharp blade and they get too scared to come close to you. You see, and it doesn't require a, a great believer when you pray and now you know this information, you know that they get scared of you. At that moment, they get scared of you because they think you're holding a very sharp blade that could harm them, subhanAllah. And, you know, so again, shaitan gets scared of certain Muslims. So here is that simple formula. The more you fear Allah, the more the shaitan fears you. Again, the more you fear Allah, the more your shaitan, your companion, your the devil fears you. So that shows you that Umar ibn Khattab used to fear Allah. That, that's why shaitan was so scared to meet the Prophet Sallallahu and that's why he told Abu Huraira this whole secret about before you go to sleep, recite Ayat al-Kursi. He was so scared to meet the Prophet ﷺ. They're scared of, because again, the, the level of faith of the Prophet ﷺ exceeds any human being ever. So, increase your fear in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so sh- your shaitan would be scared of you. This is a hadith. The more you fear Allah, the more shaitan fears you. Because they have less power over you and they know you could harm them by remembering Allah, saying, reciting Ayat al-Kursi, reciting chapter of Baqarah, all these things could physically harm the evil jinn. So that's uh, another weakness. Uh, I think weakness number three is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, sub, sub, again, don't forget that Allah controls everyone. You know, so don't get freaked out by jinn and all these things because remember, who created all of us? It's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So being on the side of Allah should make us not fear them or not fear their temptations. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created the jinn, right? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala could subdue them and he did he subdued them for prophet sulaiman they couldn't help it remember ifrit was offering prophet sulaiman to bring him the queen of sheba right ifrit is an evil jinn but again he could not he was working for prophet sulaiman um, another thing is that and this is something we never mentioned before sometimes when you have nightmares uh, uh, you could have it due to uh, your subconscious, something that you're scared of or something you're worried about. But for majority of the time, nightmares come from shaitan. They they come to your your dreams, and even like no, even if you have a dream that's caused by shaitan, but it's not a nightmare, they transform into other people, people that you know. So when you see people in your dreams, the the the, the characters now good dreams, good visions come from Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. Allah does not give you any bad dreams. Any bad dreams come either from your subconscious or from shaitan. Sometimes the, the ones by shaitan, shaitan can transform to people. It's like an actor. They act out the people in your life and whatever. Except, how is that a weakness? Well, except for one individual, shaitan can never take the shape of in anyone's dreams. Prophet Muhammad wasallam. The Prophet said in a hadith, if I come to you, in a dream. Now, how would we know that it's the Prophet we've never seen him before, right? You'll know in a dream. Like, they'll announce themselves and you'll know. They will look like the Prophet Right? Again, we don't know how he looks like. Well, there we have description, but you'll know in the dream that this is the Prophet If you know that this is the Prophet rest assured that this is actually something from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That this is actually not shaitan. He's not taking, he cannot. Shaitan cannot take the shape of the Prophet in our dreams. Rest assured of that. Okay, so that's again the, the Prophet said, "Man ra'ani fil manamu faqad ra'ani." If somebody see me in in, in in their sleep, it's actually me. Now he's not coming to us. It's basically by Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, meaning it's a good sign, right? For inna shaytana la yatakhayalubi. Shaytan cannot take my form or my shape. Another uh, thing, and we mentioned this uh, in their abilities, that they can no longer. Uh, cross the first sky remember they used to go there and eavesdrop that's now a weakness because they can't since the sending of prophet muhammad sallallahu uh, we also mentioned this before but i'm gonna uh, repeat it that they cannot open a door we said that when we walk into our houses and then we don't say bismillah shaitan can walk in with us 
So shaitan cannot open a door nor cannot open a window in our houses, right? So again, you can only let shaitan in by not saying bismillah when you walk into your house. Um, they do not know the unseen. Like I said, they can't read our minds. They cannot know the future. That's why they used to eavesdrop on the commands of Allah and angels talking to each other to know something about the future because they couldn't do it themselves. So Allah did not give them the ability to know the future, to know the unseen. That's why the biggest example uh, that you know when uh, Prophet Sulaiman uh, gave him an order, a command to build him a structure, and while he was sitting on his throne, leaning on his staff, he just died. And he was like this for a very long time. They kept working and this the staff didn't move. So out of Allah's mercy to those jinn, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent a worm that ate the staff of Prophet. That shows you that's like it took a long time. Like some scholars say it was like this for years and they could not question. Like they can't go to Prophet Sulaiman and be like, hey man, you've been asleep for a year or two. They just didn't care. They saw the figure of Sulaiman from a distance because they were working kind of in front of him, sitting on his throne, no questions asked. Work, 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 work. But he stayed like this for a long time. They kept on working, they kept on working, and he was dead. You know, we don't have the specific time, but scholars say it's for a worm to eat a staff. Ooh, must have been a very long time. And out of Allah's mercy, Allah, why would Allah want to show them mercy? That means it's been a very long time and it could have gotten, you know, very long. But then Allah sent a worm, ate the staff, so the staff broke, Prophet Suleiman fell, and this is when the uh, jinn found out that he was dead. So they don't know the unseen. They don't know who's dead and who's alive. They don't. They have no knowledge of the unseen. And that is, the, you know, uh, one of the biggest proofs. So yeah, like, uh, you know, like we said, uh, jinn are like us. There is evil. There is good. There is in the middle. And they have weaknesses, like I said, the, the evil ones. Now we know their weaknesses. They, there's a lot of things. And even the, the regular jinn, they can't reach the sky and all these things, right? But we're focused more on the evil ones. And now we know their motivation. Now we know how to... And, and again, we're going to get to the strategy, the full-on strategy against mankind, inshallah, in the next episode. Um, so yeah, I hope that we benefited from this because this is, again, that's why we... This is not just, we're talking about like a fairy tale. This is not a fairy tale. This is not a story that, oh, wow, this is the world. Yes, to explore the world of the unseen, the world of the jinn is, is magnificent. And it's very interesting and very, you know, beautiful. And some might say entertaining to hear about some, you know, abilities. But at the end of the day, the purpose of this is for us to gain knowledge, to know how to battle the evil jinn, and to know that there is righteous then, that if we do certain things, they'll be fed, they'll be treated right, and we could preach Islam to them, you know, indirectly, of course. So yeah, I hope that we benefited from, from this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.